We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 John Deere Classic Picks. First look, preview, the research that goes into it. My research will be powered by FantasyNational.com. If you want to get a 20% off discount on any membership level to FantasyNational.com. It's easy stuff. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to do that. Sub to the newsletter as well. That's completely free. It'll have the extra research on Wednesday evening, plus all the cheat sheets, the final bets, everything of that nature. And we have a major championship coming up in a few weeks. So everyday blasts will be coming at you with updated info, more stuff about the course, everything of that nature. Smash the like. Well, you're here as well, sub to Mayo Media Network, and in the comments section, give me your early lean for winter, but it can't be Daniel Berger. Anyone besides Daniel Berger, you let me know who you are going with, at least initial impressions at TPC Deer Run this week. It is not a great field at the John Deere Classic. In fact, this might be the worst field. I know I've said this a few times, like Pebble Beach and you know the Mexico Open, but this might legitimately be the worst field there has been in years. It is bad. And we are finally starting to see, I mean, there's a couple factors in play here. Just as a quick heads up, Daniel Berger is the only top 50 player in the field this week. He is number 25 in the world rank, world wankings. I mean, he might be first in the world wankings. In the world rankings, he's number 25. Webb Simpson's also in the field. Those are like the two brand name players. Jason Day is playing, but this is in 2016. So it's tough times for old Jason Day in this field. Then it's a bunch of like mid-carters. Like if this was WCW, it'd be guys in the cruiserweight and TV championship tournament in the mid-90s. Like it's not good scenes here. And obviously next week we have the Scottish Open, which is now a PGA co-sanctioned event. Then the Open Championship. 
So most of the good players have migrated over there. But we have two other factors in play this week. Uh, the Live Tour is going to be at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon. So you know, a lot of guys that may have, even the mid-tier guys, like the, I know Matthew Wolf is now saying this is the last round at the Travelers that he's going to play on Sunday before he joins the Live Tour. So you might have got some of those guys in the field in Silvis, Illinois. I guess being in Silvis, Illinois isn't really happening for a lot of people either. So you have all the Live guys. That field is way better than this field this week. But you also have the J.P. McManus Pro-Am going on in Ireland next Monday and Tuesday. I think that has 19 of the top 20 players in the world in the field for that. And Tiger Woods is also in the field. Bill Murray also in the field. So that event is sucking up a lot of the oxygen in the room as well. People don't want to go play the John Deere Classic, then have to jump on a private flight over to Ireland to go play in this Pro-Am, which every good player in the world is playing in. So... This is a real crossroads, especially with what has come out <clears throat> for the PGA Tour. Like, this has been on the main circuit for the PGA Tour since 1972. Let me clear my throat one second. <coughs> Whoa! You know, we're doing this early. Haven't got everything out of the system as of yet. Still getting over that sickness from like a month ago. It's kind of crazy. It has lingered around so much. Every symptom of COVID without being COVID. Fun times. Uh, and it lingers for like three weeks, too. Just coughing up everything i'd say it was a smoker's thing but my wife also had it my parents-in-law also had it my friends have now had it uh, it just kind of persists with you so hopefully this chest infection that's going around out there mainly from kids bringing it home from daycare isn't impacting your life too too much on this one the listeners league might be available uh in the description of this i don't have the link as of recording don't expect it within the next hour so for the pod feed won't be in there but on the youtube feed i will add that in in real time as soon as i get it it'll most definitely be in the picks and bet show with jeff feinberg that is coming out on monday so just be on the lookout for them 2500 spots per the non-major usual as we get through this part of the season to go back to the John Deere Classic, it started in 1971 as like an alternate event. It was quickly promoted to full status on the PGA Tour in 1972. It was the Quad Cities Open for a while in 1999. John Deere took over as the major sponsor in nine. So it's been you know, over 20 years of John of the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run, but. With the announcement that Jay Monahan made met last week, and I broke this down more, uh, Kevin Clark from The Ringer joined the show on Thursday. We did a Live versus PGA Tour, updated you on what's going on, and maybe some of the ramifications of what's going to happen, plus what the PGA has proposed as this new tour schedule. So you can check that out on the pod feed. Uh, you can watch it on Game TV. You can watch it on the Mayo Media Network YouTube channel. It's all up there. I thought it was a good show. And I wanted to bring in Kevin because... I think a lot of like pure golf guys have lost sight of what's actually going on with the Live Tour versus the PGA Tour. And having someone who likes golf, covers golf, but is more of an outsider. Uh, I, I mean, I do golf full time, but I still consider myself much of an outsider when it comes to golf media. And most of the golf media doesn't want to look at this with a pragmatic view. And that's fine. Uh, you can have your moral stance on it and say, you know, there's no chance in hell I'll ever watch this. I'll ever cover this. I, you know, I want to go heckle and bemoan everything that's going on with Phil and Dustin and Bryson and Patrick Reed and now Brooks Kepka and say, you know, this is 
not good. You guys should not be doing this. This is all blood money. I completely understand that stance. Uh, but it's happening, and guys are going. They are running real events. So to cover it uh, from a pragmatic view of how does this impact everything going forward, that's what we discussed through it. And part of it was this new proposal for the PGA Tour that Jay Monahan put out. It's not official yet, but it'll be starting not next season, but the season after. Get rid of the fall swing in terms of FedEx Cup points. Start the season at the Tournament of Champions. And they boosted up Bay Hill, Riviera. They're going to create new events uh, that are essentially live events or old WGCs, like 50 guys, no cut, bunch of money to everyone. But <clears throat> that really kills this part of the schedule. So you have between the Masters and the PGA, the PGA Championship, it's really a dead zone. I, I mean, I love the heritage, but then you're into like the Zurich, the Byron Nelson. No one gives a shit about these events. And now you have this precarious part of the schedule as well so travelers seemingly people play in that one uh pretty good field although we had the three wds this week uh in cromwell generally speaking the travelers has been good following the u.s open it's been a really good placement for them but now we're at this weird part of the schedule between people going overseas for the open championship and the scottish open and then nothing until the fedex cup playoffs maybe they come back and play Wyndham, but minnesota is going to get left in the lurch on this for the 3m and so is rocket mortgage where you know bryson and ricky were like the two guys at that tournament every year that had the star power obviously they can't play anymore they're playing on the live tour so we're now into a run of this week at the John Deere, which has kind of been bumped out of its schedule. Normally, it was the week before the Open Championship. Well, the Euros ran the Scottish Open. So you would lose some guys to the Scottish Open. Not that this was a great field to begin with, but it seems like where this is now a PGA co-sanctioned event, even a lot of the like mid-tier, upper-tier, upper-mid-tier guys, you know, the intercontinental people, the U.S. Open champion from Dub C Dub. They're just going over to play the Scottish Open because they can. And if they've qualified for the Open Championship, that only makes a lot of logical sense for them. So it's no longer a direct competition, but it's still pulling away more people because no one wants to play the Travelers, go to Illinois, and then fly over to Scotland and then stay the extra week in, in Scotland this year at St. Andrews for the Open Championship. So now we're at a part where it's John Deere, Barbasol, because Barbasol is going to run opposite the Scottish Open, and then the Barracuda is going to run opposite the open championship then we're into 3m detroit Wyndham before the fedex cup playoff starts i would expect Wyndham will be okay because people that's a very it's not a historic tournament but it's been around a very long time and it's from a part of the country where a lot of golfers are from in north carolina that you're gonna see at least the sea island guys all be there it won't be a bad field it'll be a fine field and it's a nice tune-up before the fedex cup plus it's the last chance to qualify for the FedEx Cup for some of the bigger names that might be teetering on the edge. We've seen that in past years, whether it be Justin Rose or Sergio. Obviously, Sergio's not going to win this year. But guys that are right on the fringe that want to get some points, hopefully, uh, to solidify themselves for the race for the FedEx Cup and try to get the monies. Because as we've learned, it's all about the monies with all of these guys. Shouldn't be surprising to people, although people seem to be surprised by that. Shocker. That professional golfer wants a lot of money. Who would have thought? Either way. So you have the stretch now. So what do you do with this stretch? Because having it, I mean, the two alternate events are going to be alternate events anyway. This is essentially an alternate event. Like you take away Daniel Berger and Webb Simpson from this field and it's the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, that's just straight up what it is. So now you have John Deere, the two alt events, and these two events coming off the Open Championship where legit no one is going to play. You might have a few commitments 
a few names end up showing up, but I very much doubt these fields are going to be much stronger than what we're seeing this week at the John Deere Classic. Like the JDC is now one letter away from being on the Wendy's value menu and being a JBC. And frankly, I think I'd take a JBC over the JDC at this point, looking at what's going on here. So maybe that there is a path. I had previously hypothesized that one of the better allocations of money is not creating these stupid new events, is create sort of the pre-major swing in-season tournament for starting at Farmers, which is the bye week for the NFL between the championship games and the Super Bowl, Waste Management, Pebble Beach and Riviera. Make those four events something and then create a giant prize pool at the top. You could do something very similar right now during these five-week swing of tournaments that legit, like I mentioned, no one gives a shit about. So starting at the John Deere Classic, and you could either do the Wyndham or not do the Wyndham, but ending in like Detroit, you could create, I don't, I, I don't know, I'm kind of spitballing on this one. And I guess anyone could technically play in it if they wanted, but it'd be a great opportunity with all the recent college grads coming out. Some of them are going to the live tour for all this guaranteed money, but if they want to follow the traditional PGA route, you know, take your top corn fairy guys, take all these like plotters who aren't necessarily like super qualified for the next year. And this might work with the FedEx cup too, because instead of going with top 125 secures their tour card, maybe go top 75 secures their tour card. Cause the one thing that the live is missing over anything is legitimate competition that people want to see. Yes, it has star power now, but no one takes it seriously as a competition. It's a fucking hit and giggle. And that's fine. It's an exhibition uh, for a ton of money. Uh, maybe that will eventually draw. I think the Live will change its rules at some point to make it a more competitive field. And they probably need to do that if they ever want to secure world golf ranking points. But if you take this five-week stretch, you could have four events with something. Maybe you throw the Zurich in here as the team event, too. Just get wonky. With it, just a little bit. Mix it up, because whatever you're doing now isn't working. You can keep the Stableford scoring for the Barracuda and invite some of the Corn Fairy guys, the lower status type players. And hey, there's 15 spots up for grabs right now. You come top 15 in this like little mini tournament that we're doing, and we'll juice the prize pool at the end instead of it being like 1.4 million for each of the tournaments. We'll make it 1.5 for each of the tournaments. But there's a FedEx Cup style payout structure at the end for the top 16 guys. Not only do you secure your tour card, you know the the top guy wins an extra $5 million. And for the players that would be competing in this, that would be huge. At least you'd make it mean something. That might not necessarily translate into ratings or whatever it may be, but it's something different to look at. And now you have a chance to build a few new stars that people do decide to tune in because they're like, oh, man, $5 bucks for these guys is life-changing money trying to come up, getting their status for three years, whatever it might be. Maybe you even play the first four tournaments and then cut it down to a match play. For four, for four days, a field of 32, and they go head-to-head. -head. Just change it up something. Something needs to be done with this part of the schedule, or it's fucking dead. It's over. Like, if we're talking about tournaments to get rid of, it's all these tournaments. You have your two big ones. I mean, obviously the Open, and then you have the Scottish Open, which is kind of pumping itself up. Like, the PGA would be smart to co-sanction the Irish Open, which is also going on this week over on the DP World Tour, that maybe you co-sanction those three events, have like a Euro swing, and then stateside, you have, I mean, I don't want to say the lesser names, but let's be honest, that's exactly what it is, and then run like a mini tournament for these guys as a co-sanction with like the Corn Ferry Tour. That would be my idea anyway. If they're going to like brutalize this part of the schedule and almost guarantee that no one is going to play in it with it, Got to do something. Got to do something to change it up to try to create some sort of interest. And I would think that the Barracuda and Barbasol being part of like a mini series 
series. Like they have like the Rolex series on the DP World Tour. I don't know if that's still going on, but they had the Rolex series on the DP World Tour. Just change this to something. Get a sponsor in. I mean, the Wyndham Rewards, that would be perfect. Ended at the Wyndham with the six series event, and you know, the Wyndham is a big payoff. Sedgefield's an awesome course that people actually do have some history with. They will tune into that. That I think that could be a path at least to experiment with rather than just leaving these tournaments for dead. And maybe that's going to end up being, these will be the casualties of the PGA tour super season and these big events that you know, we just don't have these ones anymore. I think contractually they have to have them. So might as well try to mix it up. Anyway, that's my thoughts on, I know this is, listen, it's the John Deere classic week. There's not a ton to talk about. So trying to fill 15 minutes right off the hop with this and trying to you know, get it out here. Sometimes I just like talking about golf and I want to see, like, I want to see the Live Tour succeed. I want to see the PGA Tour succeed. And as Kevin Clark mentioned on the show that we did, the worst case scenario for all of this is essentially what happened to open wheel racing in America in the mid-90s when you had IRL and CART split into two factions and you had one Super 1, then they split into two, and essentially it was just two AAA leagues. We don't want to see that happen. That is bad news for everyone and the sport of professional golf across the board. So we do want to see both these leagues thrive. That if you could have two leagues that were legitimate and could you know go head to head at majors now you have real drama that's built in but if it's two triple a's like who cares it's just ambivalence across the board for both of them so them succeeding and probably trying to find a way to work together and head to head events like you want to have the match here's the new match you take your four guys you take rory jt spieth and scotty scheffler oh well they're going head to head with team live with phil with bryson with brooks with reed ricky fowler whoever like you can make money off that. 100% you can make money on that. The PGA Tour's best solution would have been just to ignore this in the first place. Say, yeah, you can go play on the Live Tour. We don't care. It's a, it's a scrub exhibition event. Instead, they they gave it legitimacy by just freaking out about the entire thing. Like, sometimes it's best to ignore what's going on. And that's a tip for people, like, doing videos like this and being on Twitter. You're going to see, like, the awful stuff that comes at you. You know what the best thing to do is? Ignore it. Mute that. Block that. Whatever. You don't see it, it's not going to affect you. That should have been the stance that Jay Monahan took. He should be fired, essentially. That I really feel like they've botched this, like, combating with the live to such a horrible degree that now they're making changes that is essentially just copying the live tour. It's really stupid. Anyway, this is where we're at with this. Let's get to the actual field this week. Uh, FantasyNational.com. We're up here right now. As mentioned... Webb and Berger are going to be your two guys that are any good in this field. Fun times. Uh, Hadwin is also playing. Like, you're going to have other guys. Like, it is, I mean, Hadwin could play in the the Corrales. He's playing much better golf, number one, as you can see in strokes gained total over the past 50 rounds. Hadwin, Denny, Riley, Jason Day mentioned in the field. Todd Father, Matt McNeely, Sebez. Pendrith is back. Uh, how did he play at the Canadian Open? I know that was his first start back in a while uh, actually no he didn't even end up playing at the canadian open that's right he's been dealing with this rib injury but maybe he's going to be back as of now nick hardy's on a nice run at the moment <clears throat> stalling streelman's playing party marty laird's got some uh, good vibes going for telly's won this tournament on the strength of a huge putting week uh then yeah you're run of the mill guys johnny uh, having a good week for me not a good week for me at the travelers personally because i absolutely botched the top end on DraftKings by not going cantley xander 
or even Rory. I went with Spieth and Burns, the two jabronis who missed the cut. But there, like, I have four of sixes down the board, and all my seventy-one hundred guys. You know, Adam Long, John Huff, the Gala. Like, I mean, through three rounds at least, these guys are all playing fantastic. Cam Davis is worth a look here. Uh, it's funny when I thought talked about course comps you now in for a very long time, like Kapalua and the Masters were two that really popped into my mind for John Deere, just because, I mean, it's definitely not as difficult as the Masters. But you have bent grass, same as the Masters, but it's really with the fairways that everything's on a slant here. You have no flat lies, very reminiscent of Kapalua and Augusta. And you've seen some former winners of this event in the past, be it Steve Stricker, who's won at uh, Kapalua. Spieth has won at both. Zach Johnson, I think he won. I mean, obviously he's won the Masters. I believe he won at Kapalua as well. sort of these short hitting wedge players who are good off uneven lies had a lot to do problem is when you look at this field no one's playing in the masters from this field no one's playing in the toc uh they're all playing in other places but you got Grio, you know sam Ryder, ben martin Goderup's playing again uh you have quinn riley he's coming out now so you have guys but it's you know it, this is like a low-level swing season event, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. We'll take a look at the tournament history. Last year, the glove, Lucas Glover, uh, ends up with the victory at minus 19. Ryan Moore was in second. You're going to see Ryan Moore again. He's still playing off status. He's won this event back in 2016. Scott Brown, Adam Shank, Hank Lebiota, Brian Stewart. So again, short hitter. Good wedges. Cam Champ. I think Cam Champ's going to win this week. It just seems like the stupid tournament the Cam Champ would win. So uh, I don't know the run he's been on. Coming out of the Masters, he was relatively popular. Had a good Mexico. Decent fire haze. He did his little classic like mini run for Cameron Champ, then back to nothing. But uh, when you're thinking about fields like this and guys who can actually win, Cam Champ is probably one of those guys. So you got to keep him on the radar, if nothing else. Uh, and it's all going to be odds dependent. I don't think we're going to get very many glorious odds here. See Patrick Rogers. He had a second place the year that Bryson won this event. Uh, Adam Long's playing better golf recently. He could be a potential look at this tournament as well. If we go strokes gain total, for the entire one over the past five years, Ryan Moore's number one. Ryan Moore, Scott Brown, Zach Johnson, Lucas Glover, Patrick Rogers. You can tell how good of a tournament this is. Hell, Chris Stroud is still up here. I didn't even know the last time Chris Stroud played. I had stopped getting him mixed up with Brian Stewart over and over. His last, I guess he played in the Honda, missed the cut, played at Pebble Beach. Okay. To look at the top of the leaderboard at the Travelers, I think it's, uh, I had written down that the biggest crossovers would be. What was it? I had Pebble Beach sticking out for the Travelers, the Heritage, and Waste Management. But it's a real Waste Management-y leaderboard uh, at TPC River Highlands this week. So keep that in the back of your mind for next year when you're going through everything. There's Berger. I mean, Berger has a top five. He's made the cut every time. It's not been great for him. Landry has two top tens. Hasn't missed a cut in four starts. Um, Let's see. How has Landry been doing? I haven't really heard much from Landry. He hasn't played since the Valspar and has missed six consecutive cuts. So, again, quality of field. Field's been pretty good here, as you can see. Uh, Dylan Fratelli won in 2019. I feel like that was on the strength of one of the greatest putting performers. No, yeah, 2019, because we didn't have a 2022 event. Uh, you can see the glove just got it done with approach, some good putting. Everyone inside the top 20, except for Doug Gim and Jason Duffner, gained strokes putting, especially with it within 10-foot putting. Like You're just going to have to make all your putts inside 10 feet this week. That's just the name of the game. 
uh, at a hit and giggle like this. It's going to be wedges. It's going to be putting. Uh, and who can putt the best? It makes it a pretty high variance type tournament. The 23 winners since 1971 have been first time. That is the most of any PGA Tour event. So if you think guys have no win equity, they can win at the John Deere Classic. I wouldn't say it's not going to be a problem. It's hard to get your first win. However, this is a spot to do it, if there ever was one. Yeah, <laughs> lost strokes on approach for Dylan Fertelli the year that he won in 2019, gained 7.5 on the greens. Real classic Colin Morikawa performance before he was really Colin Morikawa. Nine strokes on approach, minus two putting, came in fourth. And there's Landry up there again, Russell Henley. Yeah, this would be a good tournament for like that type of player. I mean, Henley's kind of graduated from being in this type of tournament, but that's the type of guy that we're looking for here. Can you gain a bunch with your irons? Can you gain enough with your putter to be good to go? When we build a model, we might just try to factor that. I might just put in 5 to 10 putting and just ratchet that up, and hopefully that the stats come through for us. Shank has been, like, around on this leaderboard a few times, it seems. Shank uh, coming off two pretty good events. No idea how he's doing at the Travelers, but a fourth and a sixth. He's going to be very popular this week. However, one of those years, as you saw, uh, eight strokes game putting lost on approach. That was last year. The year before that, he lost... Uh, with the putter and gained almost five on approach. But gained almost five around the greens, too. So he's finding a way to get it done, but he hasn't really meshed them up enough despite having the two high finishes uh, to really go after. Now, let's see. Is there anything we can really glean from any of this? Not a ton. Uh, the approach guys are going to be way up there, but if you can't match it with a putter, you're not going to find yourself near the top of the leaderboard. Munoz was the closest, ended up coming in fourth. You know, Johnny Vegas has had a good run at this tournament in the past. Uh, Gellerman. Wow, remember remember the, the few Gellerman weeks we had out there? Those were fun, weren't they? Steve Stricker. I mean, Stricker just lost to Patty Harrington at the U.S. Senors Open. Uh, Libiota up there as well. Um, but he ended up coming in fifth. They had a, he was two over on the final day. I think it was T5. I mean, I wouldn't overlook Steve Stricker at this event, despite being 55 years old. He is in the field this week, which is kind of crazy to think about. For the course itself... We'll take a look at the uh, the one sheet here from the GCSAA. We're going to have, you know, just under 7,300 yards, par 71 setup, uh, 5,500 square foot greens. It's slightly below average. Uh, it was harder to hit fairways last year for the first time in ages. Bentgrass greens. Additional notes, since last year, the course underwent a comprehensive bunker renovation and competitive enhancement project to make it a little bit more difficult. Bunkers were completely rebuilt with a new grass surrounding drainage. To quote my guy, Daniel Plainview, liners and sand, which also include reducing the overall square footage by 30% and repositioning as needed to increase the course strategy. So maybe it plays a little bit more difficult, or this is just an easy course and it doesn't really matter. There's 76 bunkers, three water hazards with three holes that water will be in play with. Uh, you can see some of the shot length. This is from the Michael Kim year that most of these stats are coming from. You can see most first-time PGA Tour winners since 1970, 23. You know, after that, the Walt Disney World, which doesn't exist anymore. Zurich, Travelers, Houston, Wyndham would be the other ones. All weaker field events, so that actually tracks a lot of the time. We'll see how it was done. Most birdies on tour since 2000, TPC Deer Run. Most birdies made, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, Johnny Bird, a lot of the old guys. Uh, you can see Stricker and Michael Kim, most total 
made birdies in an event at the John Deere Classic. 31-30 for DraftKings, scoring a boner jams, 28 in game T22. Good for Jason Bone. He was like the king of short par fours back in the day and couldn't play anything else. I saw he made his return uh, not too recently, uh, not too long ago either. Uh, a few eagles at this tournament, uh, although it, the par fives aren't like super eagleable, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and the lowest... Uh, Driving accuracy was 66% in 2019, so progressively they've been getting harder to hit, but it's still above PGA Tour average. You just kind of grip it and rip it here. If they grow the rough out a little bit, then it's going to be easier. Uh, Hole number 16, one of the easiest greens in regulation to hit for any par 3 on tour. Um, It was number 5 on PGA Tour in 2018-19 season. And the rest is just the, the shot length data for this isn't all that great. But that's what we're looking at for the just the general cheat sheets for the course you can see the tournament scoring conditions here you know, you're in between 72 and 7400 yards uh, they were difficult to hit fairways in the first two rounds last year then it was average then it was easier the rough has grown out but they're easy to hit fairways and even if you're out of the rough you can hit it so close to the hole on a lot of them it's not the end of the world so i wouldn't concern myself too much with that if we get into the actual course breakdown you're going to see that uh, there's no real advantage in starting on the back or front in terms of pga showdown because you have you know number 18 is the second most difficult hole on the course i think it's the lowest birdie average of any actually number nine is the lowest birdie rate at eight percent then you have 13 percent of 18 so that kind of kills a lot of momentum uh, of trying to find an easy birdie streak anywhere but if we just kind of factor it out you have these two longer par threes over 200 yards which aren't insanely difficult because uh, you're not seeing a lot of doubles or worse on any of these holes number 12 does have a pretty high bogey rate but it also has a pretty decent birdie rate as well uh, and as mentioned number 16 very easy hole but now we get into the nitty-gritty here you have one two three par fours one, six, and 14 that are below 400 yards. Then you have one, two, three, four, and we'll call that one five, 454, that are 450, 400 to 450. Then you have one, two, three that are over 450 yards, the first, second, and third hardest holes on the course. Very low birdie rate. You can, if you can try to find a way to survive nine, 15, and 18, you can basically make birdie on every other hole that you want. Number two is the one where you can make an eagle. Uh, That is a 4% eagle rate, 51% birdie rate, uh, 2.5% on 17, uh, 40% birdie rate on that. The other par five, number 10, is a bit trickier. It's still easy. It has a 32% birdie rate, but less than 1% eagle rate. Number 14, you can kind of get close to. Most of those are chip-ins for eagle rather than putts. For eagle uh, just because you can get it so close and the chip can be pretty easy but it has a 35 percent birdie rate as well you need birdie makers uh in bunches for this tournament as you can see as i kind of mentioned uh strokes gained approach strokes gained putting just trump everything here uh those are the two main things to focus in on not to say that you can't do it by chipping in a bunch or driving it just so fantastically better than the field that it will work out. But no, that's that's not what we're looking for here. That is the the outlier situation. Even if we shrink this down to top five finishers, it gets even more pronounced from approach and putting over around the green and off the tee. You got to make your bones on the par fives. Hopefully you can find an eagle. So we're going to include eagle rate into what we're looking at in terms of the stat model this week the whole composition as you can see short par force that's what we're looking at uh the shot distribution leans very wedge heavy versus tournaments a lot like we saw at the travelers actually 
in terms of where the shot distribution is coming from at you know more difficult courses stronger field courses you're going to see that 175 to 200 200 to plus bucket be much higher than 175 and below not the case uh, here this week the cut line it's going to be low as minus three last year minus two minus two the two times before that I would expect it to be minus two or minus three, minus four. Again, this year, maybe the quality of field is lesser. So maybe you get back to minus two, maybe minus one. But somewhere in that range is where the projected cut line is going to be. You can see the 71% driving accuracy for this field versus the PGA Tour average of 62%. So guys are going to hit, even if they're wayward drivers, they're going to hit a lot of fairways. You're going to hit over 70% of your greens and regulation. And it's an easy to scramble course. It's an easy course. You can probably figure this out. Driving distance, bigger than usual as well. The proximity on greens and regulation, closer to the hole than average. So again, you know what you're getting yourself into at the John Deere Classic Field this week. Let's take a look at the stat model. See if we can figure anything out here. Take a look at John Deere from years past and maybe screw around with what uh, says John Deere. Trust it more. Okay, maybe we need to trust it more. That was my note from last year. 35% greens and regulation. I'm going to change up the putting. I had 10% putting, but I'm going to switch that up a bit. Uh, We're going to have birdies or better gained on the field, 15%. Uh, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, weighted at 7%. And... 15%. 15%. Okay. Ball striking, five. Par fives, five. And that leaves us with what? 10%? No, I have total weight applied of 100%. Okay. That's fun times. Uh, let's go into the putting. We're going to really break down those putting ranges because instead of putting in opportunities gain, I'm going to trust strokes gained approach. You could put in opportunities gain instead of overly weighting birdies or better gained. I'm going to keep it that way for the moment, but I'm going to put in five to 10 putting and I'm just going to weight that at 10%. <laughs> Just see what happens now. And we're going to go past 50 rounds and take a look at what this spits us out. Hopefully, it's something good. Someone we want to bet on. I bet you Hadwin is going to be out there. Uh, When we get to the guess the odds, Hadwin's going to be like 16 to 1 or something insane this week. So past 50 rounds, Burger Webb spawns Svensson Glover. Uh, As you can see, the putting not so great for old Adam Svensson. But Adam jumped on me. Uh, but as you can see, uh, Bezadenhout, really good from 5 to 10 feet within the past 50 rounds at least. Maybe this is a good Cbez one. He's not making a ton of birdies, but you can see he's a great wedge player. Uh, the approach has been fine. Oh, good. Talk myself into Cbez week. This is a way to lose money. Fun. Who else? Who is the best 5 to 10 putter of the pet? Brian Gay, Denny. I mean, this could finally be Denny's time. Todd Father, Kelly Craft. Feels like Kelly Craft has actually not been Kelly Crap for a while, and he's back to being Kelly Craft. Let's see, yeah. Fifth, 13th at the RBC, 15th in Mexico. All right, Kelly Craft is lingering around a little bit, probably. I mean, it hasn't just been putting. He actually had a very nice week at the Canadian Open. Who else? Hadley, Bill Haas. Oh, my God. Martin Trainer, Adam Long. Long has to be on the short list here. He's just been playing good golf. Very steady, good golf recently. Cameron Champ, also very good from 5 to 10 feet. Uh, that's been, like, the one thing he does. Score on par fives, good at putting 5 to 10 feet. It's kind of like the blueprint for this course. Uh, Lahiri is still listed in the field. There has been rumors that he is going to end up going to the Live Tour. And which I actually think, uh, again, when I talked with uh, Kevin about the types of guys, if they actually want to make money, who they need to go get. Like, I think Hideki is number one on their list. I mean, besides Tiger, but Hideki is a legitimate needle mover for Japan. 
and the Asian market. He can get eyeballs on your product from over there. Lahiri being by far India's best player, he's currently, I believe, inside the top 70 in terms of FedEx Cup points. So he could secure his card for three years, play it out here. But if the Live Tour ever wanted to go to India, having an Indian star would be massive for them. Uh, and it could be just a really good way to cash in for Lahiri. Like, uh, based off the season that he's having, he's having a really good career. He's had a really good career. But if they want to give him like 20 to 30 million bucks to go play on the Live Tour for three years, yeah, I, I think you'd be crazy if you were Anherban Lahiri to go refuse that. Especially if they... Because one of the things that I hypothesize with if live ever does try to turn this into a business model uh, which we're still dubious about on this front is that if you get Hideki and then you sell the rights to Japan or even the Asian market that you cut Hideki in like part of his bonus is he gets that upfront money it's a ton but he also gets a 10% rake on whatever deal that you do in Japan you can make the sort of same deal with Lahiri where he's by far India's biggest player that you know you cut him in on any sort of Indian broadcast deal to broadcast live when that comes around so not only do you get the guaranteed money that the live is giving you you get this potential upside as well and it gives you incentive to really be out there to be good to sell yourself to your own big market at least that's how i would go about it but again they don't seem concerned about making money so it doesn't really make that much of a difference uh but that would be a nice way to incentivize players to really play well cameron davis uh you know i love me some cam davis he had played well at the travelers until round three no word yet on what he's doing in round four because round four has not started at the time that I'm recording this, but a great par three player from the key par three range, good inside 25 feet, and everything else has been pretty good. He ranks out third in the modeling. Um, Patrick Rogers, who we did take a look at in terms of course history, uh, birdies are better gained is not better. Who it does have the long-term birdies are better gained. Davis Riley, Mav, Scott Brown, who had the top five finish last year, Lanto, Captain Ramius, Hadwin, Malnati, Kadira playing some better golf. Webb is up there as well. Callum Terran, I'd want him more at a bomber's course. You got, you know, the, the Pat Mayo favorite scrub type guys, Terran, Svensson, Kitayama, Lipsky, Thigala, Nasty Nate. Oh, there's my guy, Johnny. Uh-huh. Maybe John, if John Huck can putt, he can win this tournament. Fourth from 125 to, like, the wedge is dialed in for him, making a ton of birdies. Just needs his putter to cooperate a little bit. No idea how he's played this tournament over the years but this used to be like the ryan moore special maybe it could be the john huh special yeah seventh and 50th past two times out at this tournament never really gained a ton but you can see 12th the charles schwab short course short course in canada came t25 going into the final round he was t15 at the travelers i mean those t to green numbers don't lie those are great t to green numbers when we shrink down the sample size and we'll do that right now instead of going past 50 rounds we'll go past 24 rounds you're gonna see johnny uh my guy vault up the list i was hoping to be a week early at the travelers didn't bet him outright only bet him top 30 hopefully he can hang on to that but i mean he might be like 8800 bucks next week on DraftKings. who knows uh so if we look at past 24 burger is now number one riley spawn long nick taylor okay now we're now we're in some business here kitayama ct pan lonto hubba hubbard stallings cam davis seifert now pops up. Piercy pops up again. Hadwin Von Taylor still. John Huh vaults up to number 24 because he can't putt within 10 feet and he sucks on par fives. Everything else looking pretty good for him. Who's had the hot putter within 10, 5 to 10 feet? Kraft again. That's where he's making his money. 
Gay McCarthy. So that hasn't really changed over the past 50 rounds all that much. Lahiri has gotten a little bit better. Sean Stephanie, good God, was this 2013? Yaga Bombs is up there. Shank has been putting really well. Long has been putting really well with inside 10 feet. Who's been the worst? That's probably something to look at. I have Omar Uretzi. He was like 94 years old at this point. Piercy, Long Dong, Paul Barjan, Captain Ramius. So he's fallen way down the list, except for birdies are better. He's putting himself in position to make birdies. So he's making some longer putts, but the short ones are not coming for him. Maybe that flips. Maybe it doesn't. But this has been pretty sticky throughout time. Like If you wanted to build a mixed condition model this week, I'd probably take 5 to 10 putting and do a really small sample, like 24, and then add in past 75 rounds of the same length. And then try, well, we can do that right now. Let's try that. Uh, Let's go select strokes game putting, 5 to 10 feet, last 24 We'll add that in, and then we're going to click off of, we're just going to go to putting, and we're going to go to past 75 rounds and see if there's a big difference. Someone who's getting better, someone who's getting worse, someone who's been stabilized throughout a longer period of time. Uh, We're going to take 5 to 10 putting again and go last 75 and chuck that in the mixed condition model. Let's take a look at the mixed condition model and see what that can potentially tell us. We'll wait at 50-50. Just so we can get a look at it. You can weight those any way that you want. And best rank of anyone in the field, Brian Gay. You can see he's been very stable. Is there any huge outliers? Like you see Cameron Champ has been getting, let's see, what do we got here? What's the first one? Um, yeah, the last 24 is the first one. So he's someone who's gotten actually worse. Uh, someone who's gotten way better, Davis Riley. Uh, from 75 rounds to now, 75th to fourth. So he's been getting a lot better. Uh, you see someone like Sang Moon Bay getting worse. Uh, Lahiri been getting a lot better. So Cameron Champ is sort of like he's been worse recently, but long term he is pretty good. He's not bad. He's still 34th uh, in the last 24. But that's you know, some, something that's somewhat intriguing. So the short term putters, Lahiri's gotten a lot better. Davis Riley a lot better. Wesley Bryan a lot better. Now you have this grouping of Patrick Rogers, David Skins, not shirts, Skins, Blicks, Ricky. Oh my God, Ricky Burns, Scott Brown, Max McGreevy. Uh, Matthias Schwab, Lee Hodges, Daniel Hauserberger, much better, much, much better. 105 to 30th over the past 24. Michael Thompson getting a lot better. Uh, David Lingmurth getting a lot better. Uh, Hensby, Thigala, Sean O'Hare. Lebiota's gone the other way, but he's still inside the top 50. Uh, let's take a look at the other way around, see if there's anyone who has gotten way worse. Kevin Huey goes from 17th uh, long form to 110th in the short term. Maybe that's a blip, or maybe he's just kind of lost his putting stroke a little bit. Cam Davis has gotten worse, despite being really good from that range long term. Snedeker has gotten worse. And again, this is a very small sample of 24 rounds. But if you're trying to find someone who's riding a hot putter for the moment from the key putting range, this is the way that I would try to attack it and find whatever balance really works for you in that regard. Want to get back to... Uh, we can probably just take an easy look at this too. We can go to par four efficiency. Take a look at who has played the sub 400. We can go to 350 to 400 in terms of P4 range. Over past 75 rounds, we're talking now. Seifert, Webb, McNeely, John, uh, that's good news. Ben Martin, Berger, Long. So some of the guys that we like, we're going to add Berger. Maybe this is just Webb runs away with it because he's he and Berger are by far the best two players in the field. Might as well go for it. Nick Taylor is somewhat intriguing as well. Everyone will go to head when it's the Le Canadien that they want. You're going to have Nick Taylor at a mid-tier price here. Um, you know, missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Decent at the RBC. Decent at the Schwab. 
he's just kind of all over the place, but you do get these spike iron weeks from him that can really go well. And, you know, he's won at Pebble Beach in the past. He has won, where's the other one? He won Sanderson Farms way back. So not horrible. Uh, when we look at 450 to 500, if there's, you know, Adam Long is still ranking up there. So if we're looking at the best players from 350 to 450 overall, it's Denny McCarthy, Daniel Berger, Lonto Griffin, Lebiota, Kadira, Brendan, oh, the Todd father. Smalley is pretty good at both those. And this is long-term again, past 75 rounds. Adam Long, Adam Hadwin, Bezadenhout, Steve Stricker. Uh, Chase Seifert is still pretty good at both. And that's kind of it. Uh, Webb Simpson, Davis Riley, Postmaster General, they're up there. Let's shrink this down. Let's go past 24 rounds and see what we get out of this now. Uh, see if there's you know substantial change. There should be. Davis Riley is top 10 in both of these ranges now. 350 to 400, 400 to 450. Davis Riley, I used him a week too early in the one and done, I suppose. So who else rates out well in both? Shank, 5th, 41st. Todd, 6th, 14th. Adam Long, again. Jimmy Hahn popping up there as well. Hadwin gets worse in the 450 range. But he's been playing like the U.S. Open as well. Nate Lashley, John Huh, Hank Lebiota. I mean, this is going to be the range. I would expect these guys to be chalky. It's also a great week. I'm throwing this out here now. I know people are not going to take this week as seriously. Content-wise, you got 4th of July weekend. you got Canada Day weekend. Uh, so the Scottish might also get overlooked a little bit. Some people are just kind of in cruise control mode. Tambo talks about this a lot. I'll be doing the show live Wednesday morning, 9.15 a.m. Eastern on Mayo Media Network. Tambo has the week off. Uh, he was still he's, he was sick last week. He has the week off this week, so Raza is going to be joining me for that one. Uh, but in weeks like this, basically just hope that the chalk doesn't crush and you can make a lot of money uh, because people are going to be all on exactly the same players this week. And if you can just deviate a little bit, find the guys that you like a little bit more than the field, and they're like 2% ownership, that's how you crush in weeks like this. Uh, I remember Paul Shaughnessy, my guy, Paul Shag, who hit a massive 22 to 1 live bet that he posted up on the UFC on Saturday night. Uh, you just kind of saw that the judging was super wonky. It wasn't going right, and they had like bad decision props hanging 22 to 1s, 10 to 1s, 8 to 1s out there in the live market, and just boom, he absolutely cleaned up up with a live betting so follow at paul shag on twitter nick taylor is good at both these bezadenhout gets worse in the short term who else kelly craft actually plays these holes pretty well probably a product of the good like good short putting is going to jibe very well with 350 to 400 because guys are going to either hit it on the green close to the green or have their preferred wedge distance in to give themselves these within 10 foot putts but that's important to know to correlate all the all three of these things together that should turn out well for everyone guess it's time to guess the odds now isn't it so it's uh, a tough scene out here for the guess the odds burger webb are going to be number one and two davis riley and hadwin i would guess shank just based on the way and if the gala ends up winning the travelers he's going to be up there as well i was trying to think like what is a number they can post i joked that it was you know, plus 250 week for daniel burger but i'm guessing that he's like seven to one Webb, 10 to 1. Davis Riley, 14 to 1. Adam Hadwin, 18 to 1. The Gala, 20 to 1. Like, that is what we're looking at for this tournament. That is going to make it not fun to bet on unless Adam, I mean, Adam Long can go like 33 to 1. But if you can catch some of these numbers early, whether it be at DraftKings Sportsbook or wherever it is that you placed your wagers, 
then we could be on to something to try to find one of these mid-level guys. We've seen a lot of like 30 to 60 to 1 players cash at the John Deere Classic in the past because, I mean, I just showed you Daniel Berger's history. Like the main guy rarely wins this event because it's a putting contest that really takes a lot of the skill element out of it. Berger can have the best week he wants with his irons. If he is not putting, he doesn't have a chance. So when you try to ride the hot putters with some of these guys, that might be the look. Like Denny's going to be super popular this week uh, with his U.S. Open performance. Not a great week at the Travelers, obviously, but people will see his name and pop up. Nick Taylor's another one to look to. We saw Kelly Craft as a potential deep sleeper in this tournament. Probably not as a winning bet, but maybe as a top 20, top 30 type wager. I think that Kelly Craft can go through that a little bit. So that's going to do it for the John Deere Classic. But I do want to hop back over for a second and take a look at what's going on here. We live. We live this week at the Pumpkin Patch in Portland, Oregon. You can see what's happening here. You can uh, you, know, you can find the guest info and go play the Pumpkin Ridge. They have a pro-am this week. That should be a lot of fun. The opening ceremony. It's shotgun start at 1.15 p.m. this week uh, for round two. I don't know if that's Pacific time or Eastern time. I think it's Pacific time. So you're going to get some like later night golf, although the rounds only last four hours. That actually is one of the better things you can do the confirmed players in the field all right here we go oh my god look at this if it it thigh pat it thigh pat i it it the pat bur an boo ran ata narat I just hope this guy isn't going to be any good that I'm going to have to learn this name. It's, this field is so much better than the John Deere Classic field. You got Answer, Sergio, my guy, Eni Dupuis, Duplessis, whatever the hell his name, Henny, Big Henny, Bryson, Lori Cantor, The Gooch, Grace, Harding, Horsefield, Keimer, Matt Jones. Didn't realize Matt Jones was on the live tour, but there he is. Dustin Johnson, Brooks, Phil, McDowell, Chase Kepka, Kevin Nash, Sean Norris, Louie, Turk Bennett, Pat Perez, Otagi, Wade Ormsby, Piet, Poulter, Reed, Schwartzel, who is there one for one in Live Tour starts, the Swafficer, Uline, Westwood, Weisberger. It's a good field. Probably give me tuning. Oh, here are the captains for this week. You can tune into the draft, by the way. And I don't know, like, this is such a big miss from the Live Tour is not actually making this a real draft to draft live. And the fact they can change their partners every single week is just absolutely insane there are three more spots available in this field i think coke rack i think actually matthew wolf is one of them we'll see what happens with coke rack oh hot h h y flyers gc phil mickelson there's your captain so louis bryson westwood brooks dj mcdowell sergio nah phil ormsby and my guy tawny hara he's back one of the biggest siggers siggers he smokes cigs on the course on the pga tour probably shouldn't have Put phrased it that way but uh yeah love sigs they could probably get nikolai colsera to have him out there too they could have team sigs have spencer levine tawny hara colsera john daly they'd be good to go out there and uh, live golf in the news it's just like people hate the live tour but here are new guys that are going uh, i talked to a few people who went to the london event for the live tour and they actually said it was rather fun to go to i said there was concerts after the fact uh, there was a lot of stuff for kids to do and the rounds only like four and a half hours long you don't have to spend the entire day there so i thought that was somewhat interesting then you have the jp mcmanus pro-am in ireland coming up on the monday and tuesday look at this field 
and, and it has live guys in it as well. Some of the guys, you know, they're getting paid a pretty penny to go. So you go from live tour over to Ireland right away. Cause a lot of these guys are playing in the open championship as well, but Bjorn Rafa, Burns, Cantley, Casey. I guess we'll see if Casey ends up playing or not. That would actually be very telling for his Open Championship status if he plays in this event. Bryson, Fitz, Paul Dunn, the Irishman, Luke Donald, Fleetwood, Fowler, Harrington. Harrington just won the U.S. Seniors Open. I had a great run on the final round. DJ, Hoagie, Hatton, Keimer, Brooks, Kokrak, uh, Leona McGuire, Shane Lowry, Matt Kuchar, Rory, Graham, Morikawa, Norin, Perez, Thorbjorn Olison, Seamus Power, Rom, Poulter, Rose, Xander, Scheffler, Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Cormac Shervin, there he is, Brennan Stone, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson, Justin Thomas, HV3, Westwood, Willett, Wiesberger, Ian Woosnam, and uh, of course this guy Tiger Woods, 15-time major champion in the field at St. Andrews for the Open Championship will be in attendance at this pro-am so hopefully they televise this This sounds like a great time to follow along i don't know if they're going to be offering betting odds on it but i'm pretty pretty jazzed for this pro-am something to do on the monday and tuesday with legitimately the best field that we've seen in a very long time outside of a major so uh good get by jp mcmanus and associates for this pro-am in ireland it's at the course where tiger won the wgc in Ireland like 12 years ago, I think it was. Maybe it's even longer than that right now. Beautiful course, by the way. Not sure if I'm going to have the research show next week for the Scottish Open, or I might tape it in advance where we talk about the course and, you know, presumably the names are in the field because uh, I'm away on the weekend. I know a lot of people are away next weekend as well for the holidays, but I might try to get something out to familiarize ourselves with both that. And I think it is the Barbasol. Maybe I'll have Wiley on to talk me through the Barbasol. That's local to him. I know Matt Wiley's pretty involved with the Barbasol in Lexington, Kentucky. He's played the course a bunch of times, been to the course a bunch of times. So maybe he can give us some insight to what is going on with that, but I won't have the full finalized fields because I am away on Friday. Friday through Sunday, and I usually tape this on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Alas, I will not be here for it, and I will be trying to record it before the official fields are released. Uh, so, But we can take a look at the courses and try to find the types of players that we want for those courses. Or just say, fuck it, not do it. There's that, too. And, you know, sometimes I like taking an off week. Maybe this is going to be an off week for that. Although I would like to try to dig into the Scottish Open course a little bit. I hope they have Shot Tracker. That would be really nice. Uh, to find out. If not, I'll try to get some strokes gained from last year at the Scottish Open when it was a European Tour event. Thank you all for watching. Smash the like on the way out. Rate and review the podcast. And that will do it for me. FantasyNational.com slash mail for 20% off, by the way. And check out that show from last week. Live Tour versus PGA Tour to catch you up if you're looking for some time to kill. We got football this week. We got golf this week. And maybe even a cuss corner. That could be coming up soon. Probably not this week. Probably the following week. Well, everyone's on holiday. We'll get you a cuss corner out there, hopefully, if the times end up working out right for everyone. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Family experience. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.